So we're actually going to be talking about how to really grow in our faith. How many of you guys have kind of struggled to kind of figure out how to grow in Jesus? It's okay. I was there too. Um, God has set up. <clears throat> excuse my voice. God has set up everything to grow in a certain way. Like everything in creation is set up to grow a certain way. And if you think about it, everything in creation has a specific design in order to grow. Right? Plants have a design to grow. You, your body has a design to grow. Right? Um, a tiger has a design to grow. Right? And just everything has a design to grow. Nothing ever tries to grow. It just does. If you give it certain food, nutrients, water, oxygen, all that stuff, it just grows. If you think about it, Christians are the only ones who try to be who they're supposed to be. You didn't catch that. That's okay. Everything else in creation grows according to its design. Yet, we as Christians think that we have to do stuff to grow. That's not our design. So, in this series, I want to talk to you guys about how we really grow in relationship with Jesus. It's more than just going to church, more than just reading your Bible and praying. It's learning how to be in a real relationship with a real God who loves you intensely and, consistent, and consistently and how to thrive in that relationship. You guys ready? So tonight, we're going to be talking about being a good seed. Everybody say, a good seed. Good seed. seed. Alright, so our verse for the entire series is John 15, 5 through 9. It says, yes, I am the vine, you are branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, produce much fruit. Where does the fruit come from? Remaining in him. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If there's one scripture in your Christian life that you should definitely memorize, it's that one. Apart from me, you can do absolutely, positively, zippo, zilch, nada, nothing. You know what that means in the Greek? Nothing. Nothing. We can do absolutely nothing without him. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and the words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. And then it goes on to say in verse 9, I have loved you, even as the Father has loved me, so abide in my love. There's another verse to memorize. So that's the overarching theme for this entire month. We're going to be learning about growing. So tonight, uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 7. One more verse, and then we'll get started, okay? I promise. It says, A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. 
good fruit can't produce bad fruit. And a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. So, this is pretty simple. Good tree, good fruit. Bad tree, bad fruit. That's pretty elementary, right? It says, a bad tree can't produce good fruit. And a good tree can't produce bad fruit. So, the first question we have to answer is, what's a bad seed? When it relates to you and me. I don't need answers. Just, just relax. What makes you a bad seed? I want to submit to you that the way we sow a bad seed is by what we believe about ourselves. Seven, it says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you think you're a loser, you're going to be a loser. If you think you're going to be great, yeah, you might be great, but I got something better for you. A Christian life rooted in a bad seed mentality shame, guilt, frustration, confusion, self-loathing, and a lifetime of striving to overcome the badness inside. How many of you guys have tried to overcome sin in your life? I won't do it. I won't do it. I won't do it. And I do it. Over and over and over. Do I have to keep on going? Okay. So how do we break bad seed mentality. We'll get to that. The assumption for most Christians is that if you still have sinful desires and give in to sin, that it speaks to your identity. Say that again. The assumption for most Christians is that if you still have sinful desires and give in to sin, that it speaks to your identity. That you're a bad seed or something is wrong with you. Quick 
attention to Instagram and to our friends, to see what the latest trends are and what people are saying about us. And we're so quick to believe what they say about us and we completely neglect what God says about us. I wonder why that is. Is it because they're visible and he's not? Is that why? Perfect, perfect thing. So, when I was younger, I think I was still an MC. This was before Krista. Um, I dated a girl who, you guys know how much I love Jesus. I'm just nuts. Um, and this girl, she said to me one day, she loved Jesus too, but she was like, you're just weird. Why, why do you love Jesus like that? And for whatever reason, my heart just like latched onto that and brought it deep in. I don't know why. Because most people, I'd be like, forget you. I would. But for whatever reason, that phrase, you're weird, why do you love Jesus that way? was like a knife that just went straight in. And for the lo- not for the longest time, but like for months afterward, it was just like, why do I love Jesus that way? People's words matter sometimes more than what God says about us. But I think once we learn what God actually thinks about us, we'll think a little different. So when we sow good seed, let's go to the bad. Let's go to good. This is where it starts getting good. The first thing we need to do is to silence the voices by transforming the way that we think. Shut off the noise. If you guys are on Instagram and like trying to figure out you know, how much people like you and how many likes you're going to get on your picture, and then you start making more pictures to get likes about that, something something going on there that you need to deal with. But we need to transform the way that we think. Romans 12, 2, it says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. Everybody say new person. By changing the way you dress. By changing the way your SUV changing your, pers- your subscriptions to Netflix by watching everything on YouTube. Oh, it doesn't say that? No, it says by transforming the way that you think. We need to take guard over our minds, guys. So how do you transform the way that you think? It's by not only reading the Word of God, letting the word go deep into you. So what I should have done in that instance with that girl, I should have been like, no, that's not true. This is what you say about me, God. And take that deep in. Right? So the real question is, what does God think about us? (laughs) These are just three. Go ahead, Zach. You're a new creation. 
I let this pass you by right now. You are a brand new creation. There has never been another you walking in Christ right now. When you gave your life to Jesus, he crucified your old man. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And completely buried him in the ground. And now you are a new creation in Christ. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This one's probably my favorite. Number two is you're born of God. Also, a partaker of the divine nature, which means you can be like Jesus. 
not perfect like him, but you carry his attributes. He has made you holy, blameless, and above reproach. He has made you righteous, which means right before God. Before now, you couldn't, you couldn't even come to God. But by what Jesus did on the cross, he made you right. Excuse me. When I'm at home, I want to beat my kids. No, I'm just playing. 
just wait till you get there. All right. Uh, I didn't say that I'd do it. No, I'm just playing. Sometimes they get on my nerves, that's all. But how, how do we walk this out? Because if we're, if we're truly right with God, if we're truly new creations, how do we walk in a way that pleases God?
listen for thought, deed, and desire have been crucified with Christ. That's the key. That's the first step. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do we not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So the first step of walking in the Spirit is embracing the truth that our old man is dead. Now to consider it means it's all in here. So what are you thinking before you say that word that comes out of your mouth and gets you in trouble? Right? It's all up here. What are you thinking about before you click on a certain picture? What are you thinking about when you're about to blow up on somebody because they just backstabbed you? What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about before you start spreading gossip? It's all up here. Are you alive in that moment? Or is Jesus alive in that moment in you? Is this, is this hitting home? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> what we think about Jesus' work on the cross matters. As believers in Jesus, our thoughts and beliefs are brand spanking new. We are dead to sin because of what Jesus did. It's easy to just say that now. But this, this guys, has been my verse for the past year and a half. Literally. There have been times during this year and a half that I'm like, no, Ryan, you're dead to that. Your old man is dead. Don't pay any attention. It's dead. It's in the ground. another side of this coin. So a Christian might say or think, I'm certainly not dead to this thing. You can fill in the blank on whatever it is. Because I feel it alive in me. But, I have good news. That is simply your flesh talking. That thing that you've been dealing with is just your flesh talking. Or it's a force outside of you. to walking in the flesh that we don't necessarily know how to walk in the Spirit. So this is how we learn how to walk in the Spirit. It's by taking God's Word and putting it, in our, putting it on our heart and our mind. Alright, so step one is what? Being dead to sin, right? What's step two? Being alive to God. steps with the same two steps. Right? When my kids were growing up, I would be like, oh, Daddy, walk me! And then they fall. Am I getting ahead of them? No! 
So, in this example, you must start to consider yourself alive to God in Christ Jesus. What does this mean? Well, if you are in Christ Jesus, that means he has given you access to his nature and his likeness. What's Jesus like? Is he fearful? No. Does he worry about finances? Nope. He said, don't worry. Right? If not, what does he do with all of his time? Instead of being fearful, what is he actually like? If you do not immediately know what Christ is like here, you might want to ask a believing friend, a spiritual mentor, grab a Bible, flip to Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. This part of your spiritual walk is really important. In order to walk in the Spirit and dwell a new life in Christ, we must know what he is really like. Guys, this is why we must get into the Bible. Because if we don't know who or what he is like, we will fall to every temptation known to mankind because we will think that that thing will fulfill us. Or we will think that that thing is stronger than God. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's right. And I don't know about you, but I'm done with fear taking over my life. I'm done with being anxious about my future and what the, what the future holds. And if you guys think that I don't have anything to be anxious about, I have to have surgery. A very big surgery. But guess what? I don't fear because I know that I'm His. It has literally overtaken me, guys. And you guys might think I'm crazy. That's okay. I don't care anymore. I don't. Because He loves me. He has died for me. He rose from the dead for me. He has filled me with His Spirit. And it doesn't matter what my flesh is saying. It doesn't matter what people are saying. He said it first. And it's the only thing that matters. That's so good. I don't know where that came from. Nobody can steal my joy. Nobody can take away what He has done for me. Can she? So when that stuff starts popping off, fear, shut up. You're dead. I'm alive to God. Shut up, anxiety. I know what's going to happen. My God's going to bring me through. I'm going to be alive in Jesus. So I don't know where you guys are tonight. Hopefully this helped. It's not from the Word of God. It's a lie.